We're going to expand our weekly video segment to take you into the back shelves of your local video store. Back where it says horror videos and where kids are devouring some awful films that we call the video nasties. Are you freebasing? Inquiring minds want to know. I have to break free from this culture of mechanical reproductions and the thick encrustations dying on the surface. Stop the prime time, bitch! Pain, I can assure you, will be exquisite. As for our deaths, come with me and be immortal. We have such sights to show you. We've got to return some video. Hello, horror hounds, and welcome to the It Slays podcast. I'm your humble host, Rowan. And I'm the fart bubble in the mud bath, Mike. I'm Colton. It's your foreign correspondent, Jill. And we are back for another one. Before we get into anything, we've got uh, some housekeeping to do. So we're going to kick it over to Colton and he's going to tell you what's going on. Yeah, it's just real quick. Uh, Basically, we looked at the calendar and realized our fourth anniversary is coming up uh, quicker than expected. So... As you're hearing this, I think later in the day, if, you, if you're a hardcore listener and you listen as soon as these things are posted, we're going to be putting a post up on all of our social medias calling for uh, any movie submissions. So basically, we're going to do the same thing as the past couple of years where our listeners will choose whatever movie we're doing for our fourth anniversary. So yeah, we're just asking for people to give in two submissions uh, throughout the week of January 22nd. We'll collect them. And then uh, voting will commence on the 30th, and it's just the same as the previous years. There will be a couple of different rounds. You can just vote in the the IG story or the polls on our Twitter, and uh, we'll collect all the data and all the votes. And then, yeah, at the end, there will be a winner. So should be a lot of fun. Um, it, it always makes I'm our looking at you, Cecily. for a week or two, but uh, yeah. Should be good. Yeah, we'll see if, I keep saying, we'll see if Aliens finally gets its time to shine. I think Aliens always comes in at number two. It always looks like it's going to win, and then it just always gets knocked off by something else. So maybe it's Aliens time. I don't know. Yeah, I think last year as well, like House of Wax did really well. I think that's like Cecily's baby that she always goes for. Oh, yeah, I'm going to collaborate with Cecily, um, and we're going to try to rig that one. (laughs) Oops, spoiler alert. (laughs) Insider trading. I think Ready or Not, I think was another one that did really well. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll see if they kind of surface again. I, I'm not going to do what I did last year and kind of take in the most popular choices just because it's kind of like, uh, you know, stacking the, the vote or, stack, you know, rigging it a little bit. You know, obviously they're going to make it to the end. So if people want them, they can vote for them and they can suggest them. And, you know, you can start doing that on the 22nd of January. Yeah. So make sure you do that. And uh, yeah, we're going to get into what media we have been consuming. What have you been watching? What have you been listening to? What have you been reading? Anything, fellas. So, uh, Jill, we'll start with you. Uh, last night I watched Zoolander and The Lighthouse. Nice. So uh, what is that pretty... double feature? <laughs> <laughs> so, um... they, they really do go together very well. And that's all I got. Um, I've been really busy, so I'm going to let Rowan do his like 40-minute thing over here. <laughs> oh, my God. I totally was yeah. unprepared. Same. You guys always do it to me first. I know. Every time. Every time. Wait, wait. I'll, I'll, I'll pry a little bit. What are your thoughts on The Lighthouse? Do you guys have an episode on The Lighthouse? We do. We yeah. do. Maybe we should do an updated version. <laughs> oh my god, a second episode on the lighthouse. I mean, yeah. so as an A twenty four fanboy, I'm fine. The remix. I know you are. You're so excited. <laughs> He's got a half chub right now. Mention the lighthouse. <laughs> uh, 
one might say he has a lighthouse. <laughs> there we Jesus go. Christ. But, but I, I liked it a lot is uh, what I'll say. Of course. Uh, all right. I'm somewhat prepared. Uh, so we've done a couple now slain. So I've seen a couple things. Uh, all four of us saw Megan not together, but we all saw it and all had our comments on it. So, you know, if you're curious about our opinions, you can uh, listen to that episode that is out. Uh, also, it's already out. So when this episode comes out, it's been out for a while. Me and Colton uh, reviewed Sick which is the new film on Peacock, uh, written by Kevin Williamson. And yeah, check that out. You know, it's kind of the same as always. I've been going through my list of movies I kind of missed last year and just, you know, pounding through them. Uh, The ones that weren't so uh, amazing that I'm not really going to say anything. I saw My Policeman. Uh, I saw Windfall, Uncharted. Uncharted? Uncharted. It was... It was rough. Very rough. Yes. Bro and a video yeah. game movie just seems right for some reason. <laughs> uh, and I saw uh, Luckiest Girl Alive, uh, which was also not very good. Uh, some notable stuff that I enjoyed. Uh, I finally watched Not Okay, which is on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. You know, this will take a, li- a second. Just, you know, stop the tapes. So I finally watched Avatar, and then I went to the theater and saw Avatar 2. So I have filled that spot now that all the Are jokes we going to talk about end. it? I, I, I mean... Gonna, or do you just want to read out the back and forth in the group chat? <laughs> so I, I didn't love the first Avatar. It was all right. Like, I, I mean... I wasn't, you know, amazed by it. The second one in the theater, I did really enjoy. Like, it looked amazing. I I thought, like, there was a little more action to it, I felt. So I was a little more interested. I did like a lot of the underwater stuff. Um, and I enjoyed that more than the forest stuff. So I, I thought visually it was more interesting. Uh, so, yeah, I like the second one way better. The first one's just not... For me, I guess I don't really know if I'd revisit either of these just because they're so fucking long. But uh, yeah, maybe I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe in like ten years, dude. I don't know. The first one is so good. I have like a fear of underwater things, so I feel like I'm going to be terrified of the second one. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I think they're both pretty good. You know, I, they're the sorts of movies that I give like a four out of five to. But it's it's probably just a really good movie with like exceptional special effects most of the time. But it was just Rowan's takes on Avatar were just <laughs> wild. They were setting me off the other night. And it's it almost the- like he was trolling you on purpose, but he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just like, I can't believe like the things he's picking out. Like the fact that he critiqued Avatar 1 for its story just being boring or being the same thing, but then liked Avatar 2 more, which literally the story, it's like you copy and drag it on the timeline like by like 20 minutes and almost everything lines up again in the second one beat for beat they even use the same music and same everything for like in the first one it's the destruction of home tree in the second one it's a different thing that i won't spoil for people but they use the same music same everything like all the emotional beats of the narrative just line up like perfectly but for whatever reason i mean no critiques from rowan about the story for the second one so see we have a group chat and uh colton kind of ripped rowan a new one about his hot take on avatar and then and then miraculously rowan went and saw the the new one and loved it so 
You know what happened there. Also, Rowan has never seen Shrek, which is amazing. Yeah, no, yeah, I've and, never seen any of that. And we're gonna have so. a little bit of Shrek discourse here in a minute when I get into what I've been watching. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of revelations in the the It Slays chat behind the scenes, and uh, <laughs> a lot of it doesn't look good for Rowan, is what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i also watched uh day shift which was pretty terrible that's uh jamie fox dave franco it's like a action horror comedy that wasn't very good it, it's you could like put it on and just ignore it the whole time it's one of those movies mm-hmm. i saw this place rules which of course i'm like the last one to see it then of course i see it you know after this guy's like canceled, so yeah. The sexual misconduct allegations come out, and Rowan's like, "Yeah, I need to check that movie out." You know, <laughs> gotta see. <laughs> I gotta support this guy after the sexual misconduct. That is one hundred percent the way it always fucking works out. Yeah. So I mean, it, I thought it, it was all right. Like, I mean, it wasn't anything we don't know. America's a shit show. So I was just kind of whatever. Speaking uh, of, yeah. Speaking but- of. I think there's fireworks yeah, there's... going off right now. So if you hear that, I'm sorry. It's like MLAK. 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 Jesus. <laughs> yeah. MLAK. Wow. Okay. I-, I think there was some good parts in that documentary as well. I like the gotcha moment with uh, the pedophile. Yeah. You know? You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's a pretty good moment. That was good. And uh, starting the documentary off with like just to uh god i don't know how to say what exactly these sorts of people are but these uh characters in a boxing match uh was a lot of fun (laughs) and uh as you pointed out that one old man just championing you know how we need our foreskin you know just against circumcision just in the middle of the movie for you know 10 minutes he was something. uh, he was holding sean onto it yeah just yeah this is something i also checked out uh terrifier 2 uh finally and uh I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it's, it is a little long, uh-huh. lo- longer than it should be. But the gore effects were, I thought, really well done for, you know, the kind of indie movie it is. I, I thought those were pretty effective. And then I also saw the unbearable weight of massive talent, finally, because, you know, we stand Nicolas Cage over here. And I thought that was all right. Like, I, I laughed, you know, good Nicolas Cage kind of self-aware performance. But what I really want to talk about is the three movies I watched that I really enjoyed. Uh, so I finally saw The Fablemans, uh, mm-hmm. and I really, really liked it. Uh, I wasn't expecting to like it. I love Paul Dano, but, you know, I, I, I can't say I was overly interested in, like, this kind of biographical, like, pick of steven spielberg that's you know i just wasn't interested he's just one of the greatest directors of all time why would you be at all interested in him of course you know i mean i'm just not interested in his family life man (laughs) just make my movies but it was really good um yeah i I, everyone should see it i was very surprised uh the other thing that you know kind of blew everything out of the water that i've watched ambulance michael bay he's back you know shout out friends of the podcast willow Willow and uh, Trevor, this was like one of their top movies last year, and it, it's amazing. If you were like, I wonder what Michael Bay would do if he discovered drones were a thing, then you're going to love this movie. It's just a camera on a drone for like two hours and car chases for two hours, and Jake Gyllenhaal just giving a batshit performance. And I really liked it. Like, if you're into just, like, a good heist action movie, I mean, 
Michael Bay is, you know, kind of the king of those, or he was, and now he's back. <laughs> you know, 20 years ago. I gotta, I gotta check that one out just because I saw that Willow who was just championing this movie, and I don't know, man, I just can't get into watching a Michael Bay movie in 2022, but, you know, there are still a few things I need to check off my list before I make my top tens list, so... I don't know. Maybe I will open my heart the ambulance. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should uh, check it out. And the last thing, uh, I was talking to Colton before everyone jumped on to our uh, cast. So me and Exilia last night watched uh, the documentary Cal from um, Andrea Arnold uh, from 2021. And uh, yeah, it, it broke me. I, me and Exilia both like bald like babies. It, it's pretty good. It's a documentary about uh, a dairy cow. It follows like one dairy cow and just kind of, you know, it's this weird. There's like no talking in it. it it's literally just the sounds of this farm, but just kind of like cows and how they're treated in these like mass dairy uh, processes and businesses. And yeah, it was it was heartbreaking. It was But fuck dogs, right? Yeah, no. If it was about dogs, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have watched it if it was about dogs, so Bro, the conversations we had without you there about you and dogs. <laughs> Well, I'm I, I never knew that was directed by Andrea Arnold. I yeah. saw like one of her movies at TIFF, I don't know, two or three years ago, American Honey. It was just like three hours long of a road trip movie. I, I never realized that she went and did a documentary. That's pretty wild. Yeah, so I highly suggest to check it out. It, it seemed to have gotten good reviews when it came out. And it's, you know, it's interesting because like I said, it follows an animal. But it like, it, even though, it you know, it's following a cow, it, it really has like this feminist lens on it and you know, just this cow that's used for nothing but, like, birthing and milking and, like, what kind of life actually lives. Do I need to have seen First Cow in order to understand cow? <laughs> I think you're <laughs> And okay. is it in the same cinematic universe as Pig? Um. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen Pig, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Did you cry at the end of Pig? Then maybe. I didn't. Nick Cage did a lot of crying in that movie, but I was fine. Oh, okay. Then you might be all right. But yeah, that's everything I watched. Uh, let, how about you, Mike? I want to say I haven't watched much because it feels like I haven't. Because um, it was very busy over the last couple weeks because, you know, the fucking holiday season. Um, but thank God that's over. Um, well, sort of. Anyway, um, I did actually watch a few movies like you mentioned earlier. Um we got to see, actually, we excluded Ro. Um, Jill was in town, so me and her and Colton uh, actually got to get together and hang out and go see Megan in theaters, which was phenomenal. Uh, they did an episode on it, but I, because of my life, could not be on it. <laughs> When they were recording it, I was on a bus home, actually. So anyway, um, I really, really enjoyed that. Spoiler alert. Um, I thought it you was sent a, in a very super... elaborate voicemail for us to play. I did. Yep. Yeah. I, I was I, like, I think it was five seconds long, six seconds long. You know, <laughs> I, very I, detailed. I, it was very, de- it was, it got the point across. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a very fun, campy uh, movie. I thought it was not going to live up to the memes that I had been posting about it for months. And it kind of did. It was not a great movie, like, technically. But am I going to go see it again? Hell yeah. Am I going to buy the Blu-ray when it comes out? Definitely. Am I going to keep posting fan edits of Beyonce songs over the dance? Until I'm dead. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, not the wig. <laughs> wig. Uh, <laughs> so... 
I also watched, um, hilariously, we've mentioned them like eight times this episode, but with friends of the show, Willow and Trevor, um, they are always showing me they have the Andy Milligan collection. Um, He's this like kind of obscure director from like the 60s who made a lot of like really cool cult low budget stuff. Um, And every month or so we've been like watching one or two of his movies and we watched two. um, One was called Vapors and it actually ended up being... One of the best movies I've seen in a very long time. It was a, it's like a short movie and it was shot in the sixties, like rogue style. Um, it takes place in a gay bathhouse and they filmed it in a real gay bathhouse and like under the threat of getting thrown in jail. And it was extremely good. Very, very good. I really enjoyed it. And then we watched one called seeds, which um, when we were watching it, I could see like seeds hilariously of like the whole series of Arrested Development in it and all sorts of other like slasher and horror movies like Mario Bava movies like Bay of Blood and things like that. It was really fun movie. Um, They were both really good uh, and they were really well shot considering they had budgets of like, I'm sure, a couple hundred dollars each. Um, So, yeah, I recommend watching Andy Milligan movies if you get the chance and there's some really nice box sets out there. And other than that, I've just been watching Trash Before Bed, like Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So, nice. yeah, that's that's pretty much that's me in a nutshell. Uh, it's not much, but it's all I got. What about you, Colton? Yeah, as Rowan said, and now Mike has mentioned as well, on uh, Now Slang, we covered Megan and Sick, uh, both of which I enjoyed a lot more than I expected. And for my full thoughts, you can just give those episodes a listen if you haven't already. Um, but other than that, as I've also mentioned in passing, I've been kind of just catching up on the last few things for the year of 2022 that I need to see before I make my annual top 10 films list. And I just figured I'd pick two that I actually watched that I really enjoyed rather than just going into the 10 or 12 different movies I've watched in the last two weeks. So first up is After Sun, which I think Rowan may have briefly discussed on the show a few weeks back, but he was nowhere near as hot on it as I am. Uh, I think the movie is excellent. Um, it's an autobiographical coming of age drama following an 11 year old girl and her father as they vacation in the early 2000s. And it's just a really quiet, like gentle film focusing on the smaller, more intimate moments. Uh, most people share with their parents as they're growing up and when they're coming into adolescence and how those moments have passed us by. And in most cases, we'll never experience them again. So the performances put forth by Frankie Corio and Paul Mescal read as honest, like authentic portrayals of of this father daughter relationship. Like I completely bought into it the entire movie. Like I I haven't seen either of them before. I know Rowan saw Paul Mescal and was it normal people? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I, I completely I don't think I've seen him in anything. So it was just I completely bought him as this father character. He's also I think it's a your testament. new gladiator. Well, I, I thought you were yeah, going to say I saw Daddy. that as well in like the prequel <laughs> or sequel movie or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I we'll, we'll see if that actually gets made. But I think it's just kind of a testament to Charlotte Wells' uh, skills as a director that in her feature debut, she's able to capture these performances, but also capture what winds up being a very uh, melancholy time in her like young life. Yeah, it, it was just super impressive. Uh, I don't really want to say too much else about the movie because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's even vaguely interested in seeing it. So if any of this that I've kind of rambled on about sounds at all interesting to you, 
Uh, be sure to check out After Sun and to have your tissues on hand <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I was uh, gutted, I think, in the in the credits. Um, okay, so you know I was going to go see this in theaters and now I'm contemplating whether I should because I don't want to make a mess in public. Well, I this was the type of thing I had to go see coffee or go go to coffee with a friend. Like, basically, I schedule it. I was like, I have two hours. I can watch this and then go for coffee. Yeah. I messaged them and I was like, Give me a half hour, dude. I just watched another A twenty four banger, and I'm a mess. Like so fair. So, okay. So yeah, plan around that a little bit. But yeah, if you can see it in theaters, you should definitely see it in theaters. It's one of those movies that you kind of just have to like live in. Like you can't be on your phone all the time. You can't be distracted. You kind of just got to experience the moments with the characters. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I I I very much enjoyed it. And then on the other end of the cinematic spectrum, uh, but in my opinion, equally as good. You know, in its own way. I watched Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and uh, <laughs> the the sequel to, you know, the 2011 Shrek Universe spinoff film, Puss in Boots. And uh, yeah, I'm not joking. This movie is also very good. Um, it was in production hell for five years before it was restarted entirely by one of the directors of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, so if you've seen that movie, you know, this thing has to be good because that movie is also excellent. And much like Into the Spider-Verse, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, sheds, uh, just leans more into uh, this more excited animated style. Like, it gets rid of the the hyper, you know, photorealistic style that, like, Disney Pixar movies go for. And by, like, shedding that and getting rid of it, it just makes it, like, a far more exciting movie. Like, every single shot can be planned uh, to make it, like, as exciting and engaging as possible. So it's just, it's like constantly you're being treated to just all these new frames and all these new ideas and all these new styles and it's just endlessly engaging basically this movie makes use of numerous techniques that comic book artists have been using for decades has sequences that look like they're ripped straight out of like anime or manga if you're into that sort of thing it has numerous cinematic references to things like mad max the good the bad and the ugly and strangely the credit sequence of true detective um which when i was watching i was like I think they're doing True Detective right now, and this is a fucking Shrek spin-off movie. I was I was just oh shocked. God. And then funnily enough, like the story is pretty dark. It's like focused on mortality and features uh, an absolutely terrifying bounty hunting villain whose sole purpose is to claim the last of Puss in Boots' nine lives and oh. like put an end to the hero for good. Um so yeah, like the movie surprisingly just kicks ass. It goes way harder than any Puss in Boots movie ever should. And just so I didn't completely waste our listeners' time, uh, Florence Pugh in the movie is the voice of Goldilocks. And she's kind of like one of the main pillars of the movie. Like, she's probably nice. the B story of the movie. So Nice tie-in. Yeah. Yeah. So I figured, you know, if you like Midsummer, you know, give uh, Puss in Boots the last wish a try, you know? <laughs> it's a similar What's going sort of on thing. here right now? Yeah. But but yeah, no, I, I very much enjoyed it. And uh, if you like animated movies as well, you'll you'll enjoy it as well. And I mean... There's a reason why this thing is in the top 10 narrative films on Letterboxd for the year 2022. It's yeah. it's very good. I was shocked. So, so yeah. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Give it a watch. Yeah, that's basically all I've been watching. So Sponsored. let's get on with the review. <laughs> all right. So, uh, you know, we're going to get into uh, the movie for this evening. It was Colton's pick. 
Uh, taking us back to 1978, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Let's get into the trailer, then we'll get into the uh, synopsis and first experiences. From deep space. A space flower? Why not a space flower? The seed is planted. Why do we always expect metal ships? It smells lovely. Put it down, Jack. Terror grows. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Donald Sutherland. Brooke Adams. Leonard Nimoy. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Rated PG. Starts this week at a theater near you. Invasion of the Body Snatchers was directed by Philip Kaufman and written by W.D. Richter, and the story is as follows. As small pods with pink flowers begin appearing throughout San Francisco, Elizabeth Driscoll, a scientist within the city's health department, decides to take one home for a closer look. But when she awakes the next morning to find her boyfriend acting strange and the pod itself missing, she confides in her close friend and colleague Matthew Bennell that something is up. Although Matthew initially dismisses Elizabeth's claims, the discovery of multiple mutilated corpses soon reveal that this isn't an exercise in hysterics, but in fact, an alien invasion. One where it's not so easy to find people you can trust, but far easier to find those who have been snatched. So we're going to talk about our first experiences. Have we seen the movie? Have we, is this our first time? Or do we have a collection of pods? Or as I like to call them, spicy space pickles all on our shelves. So Colton, you picked the movie. Is this your first time seeing it? I don't like that, Rowan. Spicy space pickles? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh but no, it's not my first time seeing it. I'm not like a, a diehard fan of the movie or anything. I haven't seen it like numerous times, but I have watched it and I've watched a couple of other movies that were like inspired by it. But uh, yeah, basically I've heard it discussed on other podcasts and basically they were like, oh, if you're a horror fan, you have to give, you know, 1978's Invasion of the Body Snatchers a watch. So yeah, I watched it a few years back and had it in the rotation. And as our listeners may have heard, it just randomly was chosen this time so here we are what about you jill is this your first time watching i saw bits and pieces of it uh i think on tv one time but mm-hmm. i didn't sit down i mean it's kind of long so uh i don't think i was able to like really digest the whole thing so this is my first like intentional watch uh, but i did see bits and pieces of it it did remind me of um a short story that um I read the past year. It's called the, I think it's called the Hanging Stranger, if you've read that. Yeah. Same sort of principle with like aliens and pod people. And uh, if you're into reading, maybe check that out. Um, But yeah. What about you, Mike? Um, This was not my first time. I saw it like you on TV, weirdly, which is not really that weird because there's not really a lot in it that like you would have to edit out a couple of like little minor nipple shots and that's probably about it um and maybe cut cut down for time so i'm sure like the first time i watched it there was you know some extraneous sort of like random shit cut out but yeah i saw it when i was like probably 14 or 15 on tv it was like one of those nights when i was just like staying up watching shit probably on showcase or whatever and um yeah and it it just came on and i was like oh yeah i've heard a lot about this and like i you know I was like, oh, Donald Sutherland, you know, love him. So I just figured I'd give it a watch and uh, was not prepared. <laughs> and actually, no, and funny enough, actually, I, I should kind of go back a little bit. When I saw this version of it, 
Because really there's like, there's a lot of versions of the same story, but like really there's kind of like three, like I guess official adaptations. Yeah. There was one in the 50s of the novel and then this one in the 70s and then there was one in the early 90s. And I had actually seen again on TV the one from the 90s. Actually, no, my friend might have even showed it to me. I think she owned it or something. But anyway, I'd seen it around the same time and then I really enjoyed it. And even though it's like a little bit trashy. Or maybe because. But anyway, yeah, then this was on TV. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, it's the 70s version of Donald Sutherland. Like, I have to see it. And I like remember watching it and just being like fucking gobsmacked. Um, and I think I maybe it was one of those movies that like kind of like left such a mark on me in a way by the time it was over that over the years, I really instead of being one of those movies that I put on all the time. And I think because it does kind of have, have a bit of slow burn. I would pick and choose when I watched it. Like if somebody said, oh, I've never seen that, but I always wanted to, I'd show it to them. So maybe I saw it like three times over the years, Mm -hmm. but it has been a very long time since I've watched it. So I really enjoyed kind of revisiting it again tonight. Uh, And now I'm going to throw it over to Ro, who I forgot existed. I'm sorry. (laughs) Again. Again. Uh, Yeah, no, this is my first time seeing it. Obviously, I feel like kind of everybody, it's always been on my radar to watch. I just, I've never sat down and watched it. I've seen, you know, like we said, there's lots of versions of this or kind of retellings. I, To me, I think the most popular one in my age group would be The Faculty, which is essentially, yeah. this, you know, this story just uh, redone for some trash teens. Uh yeah, so I, I had never seen this I before. I.E. <laughs> me. I love the faculty. We reviewed that one, and we all know our love for that. So, yeah. But yeah, this was uh, the first time watching it. I was pretty pumped to watch it, because it's always on lists of iconic movies and stuff. So now we will get into the meat and potatoes of things. We know where we're starting. Our favorite kill and or favorite scene. Mike, you can go first. I never forget okay. you. You you wouldn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I lay myself at the altar of our humble host <laughs> and hope that you will forgive me. Um there's I can't even pick because there's like so many uh moments in it that I really enjoy and that are very incredibly memorable or creepy or cool or scary, but One scene that I really, really liked this time was the uh, bathhouse scene when they first go there. And I think that's why I did that as my little intro. Also, because I was just like, oh, my God, that old man is just farting in the mud. Um, (laughs) I call it bathhouse. Is it called a bathhouse? Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the mud baths, the mud baths, Um, spa, whatever. The spa. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that scene because it really like kind of took it out of the city and like larger groups and like big like government buildings and things that we had been in so far and started closing in more on a small group. It expanded the core group, but it sort of like isolated them a bit and put it in a more kind of like quiet setting. And I just thought that that and it, it intercuts it with when um Donald Sutherland is breaking into the house. And I just thought that was like a really cool scene switching back and forth. And I thought that it was kind of like a masterclass. It was like really good at building this sense of dread, Um, especially because at that point we know essentially like the viewer understands what's happening. 
And uh, yeah, I just thought it was really like atmospheric and just dreadfully in the literal sense of the word, um, like agonizingly, like kind of drawn out and suspenseful and just super creepy. I just I remember I was watching it and I was like the first time I saw it, I was like, I have no idea what's going to happen here. And yeah, I just I just really and I like the, the cutting back and forth between that. And it's like the scene where they really like explicitly sort of see like the the duplicate body for the first time, even mm-hmm. if they don't understand that that's what it is initially. And then it cuts to like, you know, that scene of like the rescue. And I just I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really cool. It's probably the most iconic like mud bathhouse scene until Howard the Duck. So until Howard the Duck, Um, Howard the Duck, very clearly inspired by Invasion of the Body Snatchers. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, I would be willing to bet if you look at the commentary of the Criterion edition of Howard the Duck, that 100% Stanley Kubrick admits, yes, I ripped off Invasion of the Body Snatchers for Howard the Duck, my masterpiece. (laughs) What about you, Ro? It was George Lucas, See, I'm lobbing it at you. I'm lobbing it at you. (laughs) I think he was uh, making a joke at, you know. It's a bad joke. uh, Give George Lucas respect. (laughs) Leave Stanley Kubrick's name out of your mouth. (laughs) And he did. He didn't forget you this time. He threw it back. I know. You, threw it right back asking, to me. Yeah. Threw me off. See, guard. I'm lobbing. I'm I'm ignoring everybody now because of you. So I don't really have a favorite kill. I do have a favorite scene, and it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty apparent to me when we got to it. I really love the scene. Um, Donald Sutherland. He's kind of like walking downtown, and we have this like frenetic camera shots, and it's just like frantic, and the camera's like upside down, then back. You know, back to normal view, sideways, it's going all over the place. And Donald Sutherland's just kind of like in this terror and like realizing what's going on, you know, and can you trust anybody? You're looking at different people. You're trying to figure out, you know, are they snatched? Are they, you know, are these... Are these replicas? <laughs> are they snatched? That's right. <laughs> they are snatched. They all look amazing. <laughs> and yeah, I, I just really like that. I thought the tension was really built up well with that. Uh, and that is my favorite scene in it. And like I said, I didn't overly have a favorite kill. There's not a lot of kills in this Um kind of on screen of actual people. Jill, we'll go to you. What is your favorite scene and or kill? Okay, I'm going to go with my favorite scene, uh, which is when uh, we start to see the pod people emerging from the pods. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, And uh, I don't know, something about it was just like very unsettling, seeing the slime, see them covered, and then like, they could open an eye and then everyone else's reaction to seeing that they're coming out of pods or, you know, spicy pickle, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I don't know. I, I really like that and the whole pod people thing. Uh, it's very like, you know, of that time, uh, the 70s. And it's very like american i don't know something about it it's just it's a cool vibe and i like it anyways what about you colton yeah i think it's interesting i've had three separate favorite scenes here and i don't think we've mentioned any of them but uh 
No. I think I'll go with the very simple one. Uh, the pug with the human face. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because the first time I was watching this movie, like, obviously, we all know the ending shot of, you know, the scream and the point. You know, it's an absolutely iconic shot. But what I haven't heard people talk about too often is the pug with the human face. And that was like a fucking jump scare the first time I watched this movie. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Then obviously this time as I was watching it, uh, he does kick the pod next to it. And you see the blood come out and um, the the man is laying down next to his dog. So it's kind of like making a combination of them, right? But it was just so off-putting. It's uh, very startling. You, I'm not really expecting it. The movie doesn't linger on it for long. It's the only example, to my knowledge, in the movie of kind of like an imperfect pod person. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things that it, it's like always a shock when it pops up. Because also, like, as we've kind of mentioned a couple of times, this movie is fairly long. It's like an hour and 50, hour and 55 minutes. So it's kind of like there are per- portions of the movie where it kind of loses me for a bit or I, I don't feel like the tension or like uh, the kind of the narrative thrust. So it's like man, when is that pug with the human face going to show up? You know, like, wh- where is this in the last half hour of the movie? And yeah, it, when he when it showed up, I was like, yeah, there it is. You know, I remember that. So yeah, I'm going to go with yeah. the pug with the human face. Yeah, I did love that scene. I mean, overall, just kind of with you and Jill's answer, like the movie, the special effects were actually way better than I was expecting when I was watching this. Uh, yeah. You know, when I think of like special effects, like good practical special effects, like obviously the 80s are kind of like come to everyone's mind in terms of horror. I never overly think about the 70s in terms of like gross out or just weird special effects. So that dog mm-hmm. like definitely threw me for one because I was like, this is something that would be in like a John Carpenter movie. Oh, or, 100%. Yeah. And the yeah, thing, the thing like and just even yeah. even the bodies in general, just like the sliminess and like mm-hmm. I the like hairiness. They, oh yeah, the hairiness for sure. <laughs> the uh, what was it? it was like white fur. I I felt like maybe yeah. I should know more about plants because I was like, is this like a normal plant thing or? Yeah, I didn't know a hundred percent how to describe it either. Like when I was writing the little synopsis, I was trying to figure out what do I call that stuff. That's like it's almost like hair like or web. webbing or yeah, yeah, webbing. Like there is a in the movie there's a spider colonies fall from the sky it's across like the front page of the newspaper yeah and i guess that's the in-universe explanation why like there's a bunch of dump trucks going around with like what looks like web in the back of them uh you guys noticed it mm-hmm. right like literally the dump yeah. trucks in the movie like half a dozen times <laughs> okay i was gonna say like yeah. first well, yeah, time i made like, note pull of it up to the i watched this with a friend of mine who didn't know anything about it i've never seen it before okay and yeah. at one point at the beginning the the dump truck pulls up to the house right after her boyfriend gets changed and he just like dumps it in the back. And my friend mm-hmm. was like, what the fuck? It's like they <laughs> ordered that, you know, garbage truck. And I'm like, just watch it. <laughs> just watch it. And then he was like, what the fuck? Why is the garbage truck stalking them the entire time? <laughs> yeah, right, Why exactly. is it always there? <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I, I agree, Rowan. I think the special effects are pretty great. And, I went back and I watched the, was a 1955, 1956 version as well, uh, the day after, and it actually has pretty good special effects as well. Like, they use a lot of, like, miniature stuff and, like, uh, forced perspective camera work, but it's it's pretty great when I was watching it as well. Like, there's loads of people, like, carrying, like, the pods, like, in the movie, which I just feel like when I was watching this, I was like, damn, this is a fairly expensive movie because you got... 
don't know, 50 extras carrying these models of yeah. pods and stuff, right? And they all look good. They're all designed. Like, there's not like, oh, that one's clearly like a balloon or something, you know? Like, they're all <laughs> yeah. they're all well-designed. So, yeah, I, I thought the special effects were pretty good as well. And like I said, they even hold up in the, the earlier adaptation. Nice. Yeah, I was, uh, was going to say, too, I was pretty surprised because all I really knew about this movie was that Donald Sutherland was the star of it. I didn't know anyone else that was in the movie. Oh my God. It's um, packed. Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> packed. excuse me. Young. I didn't know. Jeff I didn't know. Yeah. Jeff, like never aging Jeff Goldblum. I was like, man, he looks just as sexy. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, like I, this is one of the rare times. Like I didn't go on my phone, open the letter box. Like when oh, I turned it wow. on, so I was, I was like, I'm going to be fully immersed in this. Very proud. Yeah. And I was like, I was surprised because also not only do we get Jeff Goldblum, we get Leonard Nimoy. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, fuck, like, I mean, I'll never complain when I get Leonard Nimoy, you know, that isn't in Star Trek. Something in, mm-hmm. the, although I do love Star Trek, I mean. Wearing beautiful salty dog sweaters. Oh, yeah. His outfits yeah. were wild. They were amazing. Doing very Freudian, um, you're a hysterical woman. Uh, yeah, okay. I was going to say, we, we got to <laughs> yeah. touch on that as well. And also, <laughs> well, we will. Trust me. <laughs> he's kind of a quack and like uh, yeah. he doesn't really watch where he's putting his hands when he's around women all the time in the movie as well. It's very much like a 70s portrayal of, uh, uh, look, ha- like look how cool this guy is. He's fondling yeah. all the women all in his vicinity, you know? Yeah. What a stud. And then I noticed uh, the I think he's credited as the running man, Kevin McCarthy. He's the one that runs up to Donald Sutherland's car and then ends up getting hit by the car. Uh, This is kind of a like a a low key show for those that know. But he is like the evil TV executive in Weird Al's movie UHF. He's like the villain of that God. movie. Uh, but he's also like in The Howling and Piranha. And okay, like, all right. So definitely some pedigree. And then I know uh, Mike will be all about this. Brooke Adams. Brooke Adams, which it slays podcast alumni. Also one of the co-stars of The Stuff. Uh, also so just iconic. But like she's in so much stuff. She's in like Dead Zone. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I can't even think. Dead Zone's what's coming to my mind. Shockwaves. Uh, but she's been in a bunch of like... Dead eight, Zone's a good one, actually. 70, 80 stuff that I've seen. But yeah, just uh, like a powerhouse cast that I was not expecting. Okay, what you didn't you mention not- about... Go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say how... <laughs> oh, did- okay. You mentioned some random ass fucking person from a weird al yankovic movie yeah. who is in the movie for 30 fucking seconds and you do not mention scream queen veronica cartwright who has been in like eight movies that we've done on this podcast <laughs> yeah veronica was in there the disrespect oh, rowan i'm sorry right and she is literally the catalyst of that final intense scene that Moment. nobody will ever forget for the rest of their lives but that's fine. Yeah. Just leave her out. Leave her out. That's fine. The one thing I, I wanted to mention you never mentioned about the guy running up to the car is that's like another paying homage to the original movie. Because oh, basically okay. the original movie, it's a frame narrative where it's basically like a doctor is kind of getting taken and he's like questioned about like, you know, he, he seems to be crazy. He's talking about pod people and aliens and all this shit. And it's a big flashback. And he basically goes through the whole movie up to that point when he gets taken. And basically right at the end of the movie, he's running in the streets and he's going, please, they're coming. They're coming. And he's like banging on all the windows. He's like, they're coming. And he's like freaking oh, really? out. And I was, 
Yeah, it's like a full on like homage to that. So once again, I never knew that until I went back and watched the other one. I was like, oh, that's why that guy is in there. Like that's <laughs> it's just they're paying homage, you know. They're pointing it out. That's a very cool scene, too. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I was going to say, too, uh, probably weirdest profession for a leading character. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and, I, and I was just like, early on in the movie when Donald Sutherland comes out and his windshield is smashed and all that, he doesn't even like bat an eye. He's just like, oh, yeah, this happens to me all the time. He hops in, doesn't say anything. He just works from the health department. I'm like, damn, is working for the health department that rough? You know, it's just like, holy shit, dude. I mean, we could watch Larry the Cable Guy. (laughs) Health inspector. Oh, maybe I should. Uh, I I believe it because um, years ago, someone posted that you can look at um, all the like health inspectors reports for restaurants here. Like that's on the government website, like in detail. So I literally spent like two solid days just like drinking beer and like reading through the health reports for all these like sketchy restaurants around the city and the shit that i read was like so disturbing and i was like 100 percent, i believe that this man gets his life threatened every day and it's just absolutely like <laughs> like does it's not even phased by it anymore he's like oh my tires are slashed my house is on fire yeah it's it's a thursday <laughs> i just loved it because they made it like this guy was like bigger than a rock star like he was connected to everyone like you know celebrity psychiatrists <laughs> are inviting them to their parties and truth yeah yeah it, it was just wild. Yeah. he somehow just had like a direct link later on in the movies like i gotta call like the white house and it's like, oh, yeah, this he's like, inspector. get the mayor on the line. Like, <laughs> he's just a government servant. OK, he said that many times. He did say that. I, I was like, I don't think the word government servant has been in a movie that not even documentaries mm-hmm. about government servants has been used that many times. But I mean, it's Donald. I mean, Donald gives you that big D energy, big Donald energy. I have a thing here about a uh, theme of um sacrificing of emotions not wanting to deal with issues it's easier to live in apathy than suffering and then at that scene where they're like injecting other people with it um it kind of gave me the question like is it worth it to sacrifice bad emotions and simultaneously the good ones which is like part of being human which is the part they sacrifice to become these pod uh people um, but yeah, what do you guys think of that? I think you should watch the show uh, Severance if that's uh, something you're really interested oh. in, because that's a huge theme of that show. But uh, oh, yeah. yeah, no, I think that okay. I think that's in there 100 percent. I was going to say, uh, I don't know. It, the question for me wouldn't be uh, whether I'd want to or not. It would be whether I'd have the energy to uh, do all that running and fighting. So I feel like I'd last like 20 minutes and I'd be like, ah. Fuck, guess I'm just uh, going to become a pod person now. Oh, were you specifically asking us, would we become a pod person or remain a human, Jill? Or were you just asking I, us um, thematically about the, the I, thought? I was talking about thematically, but sure, you yeah. can take it that direction. <laughs> okay, so uh, I would 100% kill myself. So he'll, yeah, he'll yeah, become sorry. a pod person. Yeah, I guess. Okay. What about you? I feel like you would know. fight. Yeah, I would fight, but then it also winds up basically being a thing of like, oh, are my friends and family already pod people as well? And, you know, we're in a hive mind collective. You know, we can still hang out. We can chat. We can 
you know, yeah. I can get the bad Avatar takes just through like, you know, <laughs> the collective unconscious. So I don't know. I mean, I, I certainly be, would be a fighter, but I don't know. There winds up being a point where it's like, oh, if the whole world is pod people and you're the last man, I don't know how fun that mm-hmm. is either. Not that I'd make it that far, but you know, I, I'd be a fighter, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It to would be very what about you like, you? um, Sorry. Omega Man. <laughs> I was gonna say, do would you want to be a pod person? Go to like go to work every day, Mike. You know, would make it easier. You know, <laughs> just. I mean, listen, it's something to <laughs> contemplate in a way. Yeah. <laughs> if you were gonna be happy, like doing a like doing being a slave to capitalism and shit anyway, then oh god, I don't know. But oh like you god. said, I I it would one hundred percent depend on like whether everybody else was because i'm like oh if i have to just like watch movies and play games and shit by myself and drink by myself then i'd just be like okay why not <laughs> what kind of yeah, life is this it's like the would you jump off a bridge question right it's like well i mean yeah. everybody else jumps off the bridge there's nobody left to jump off the bridge i, I don't know pro- probably every if everyone else is fine sure yeah we live we live in a society as someone very wise once oh, said God. we live in a society <laughs> we are not an island i was gonna say to you i guess kind of jumping off jill's thing about themes i was thinking about themes because you know i was i was thinking you know when we talked about the faculty and we you know obviously all these kind of body snatch movies have this like strong theme of, about like conformity and mm-hmm. all all that kind of stuff but i was very interested because there was like a lot of uh passing by things they said in the movie that i i was like interested on their take on conformity like there was some talk about like like the family unit like you know they didn't say a nuclear family but that's kind of like what they were talking about well yeah because he screams about the family unit is shot to hell well and there was there was just like weird comments like that i i did i did laugh a bit where i forget who they're talking about but they're talking about like they think uh you know they think he's been He's been got by the pod people and some, and I think it was like Leonard Nemo or someone. And they were just like, oh, what? He's a Republican now. Oh, and my I, God. That was so good. And I, I was dying. <laughs> yeah, there were some nice digs there. Yeah, yeah, I was like, even in the 70s, yeah. we're, we're still digging. I did want one of my notes was uh, I thought it could have been cool, I guess is what I'm trying to say, but they didn't really use it. So they spent all that time at the beginning about uh, Brooke Adams like doing the eye thing. Yeah, uh, it never comes up. And yeah. it literally never comes up because I saw it and I'm like, okay, this is how we know. Yeah. You know, and it's, so I'm I'm thinking, you know. At There's the a end, deleted scene. Yeah, and I thought, okay, what's going to happen yeah. is at the end, she's going to get taken. We're going to know because she can't do the eye thing, mm-hmm. you know, or she'll do the eye thing and pretend she's yeah, she, him yeah or the other way yeah exactly now when that scene came up did we all try and do the eye thing because i remember specifically in high school i used to be able to do that eye thing and i don't know if i can anymore i was afraid i was gonna have a stroke when i was trying it last night so yeah try i can't it right do anything now. like that my eyes are too, not they hurt right too now. much yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so creepy i hated that scene i was like that's so creepy and i also expected it to come up and it never did because it's so specific right it's so specific Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was almost like they they planned on it, uh, and then it was just kind of <laughs> like, oh, we for, we forgot, even though we yeah. made this like a two hour movie, we just kind of forgot mm-hmm. to do it. I like, I would honestly, I would like to see a commentary or something because I'm I'm willing to bet, like, or if there's like a earlier draft of the screenplay, there's definitely like a callback to that. There has to be. Yeah. This movie is too like it well made to for it to just be like 
oops, we left that in there and there was not ever going to be any callback to it. Like there has to be, I'm convinced. It'd be interesting if like uh, the government agencies or something like had a way to check if you were a pod person, something to do with the eyes, you know, like shining <laughs> in the eyes or something. That'd be, oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah that, it'd be neat. Yeah. I, I, yeah, once again, like everyone said, I expected it to come back again for sure. Well, and I just, I kind of felt like there was like a couple plot points like that that they kind of dropped. Yep. Like, I mean, as much as I love seeing Jeff Goldblum in a movie, like boy was his character like not fleshed out or explained very well. I'd say he's playing the Jeff Goldblum character in this, but mm-hmm. like, you know, he's kind of like this conspiracy theorist, a little like erratic and... And, and emotional and loud, but like we're never really. But he's explained. an artist. He's like a poet or something, right? Well, this is my question. So they keep talking about he's trying to write poetry, but they do in a couple of shots make it a point that he's got a U.S. Army shirt on, like on his shirt. On the uh, pocket of the shirt, it says U.S. Army. So then yeah. I was like, okay, well, is he like? Uh, ex-military like he's a soldier that's like come back from a war or like you know what's the deal with this it just didn't make any sense he had like this hatred of Leonard Nimoy's character that like we have no idea why other than he's just like he's a hack he doesn't know what he's talking about and yeah but he's this like medical establishment it's like big pharma like the medical industrial complex yeah but I was like what the fuck and does that he's do clearly a bit of a hippie left over from the 60s <laughs> yeah I think he's supposed to be like a hipster character. Like, yeah, what I think so too. Vet, he's like ex pod people, like <laughs> ex military in that way, ex pod. And that's why he's like kind of taking a stand against this. And same I thing felt with like he was uh, the Elizabeth the character. Yeah. yeah. Right. She was very caring and like her boyfriend wasn't. He was kind of a dick and like never paid her any attention. And then immediately he becomes a pod person sleeping next to like this flower. But she's such a more caring person. And it takes her like a lot longer. You know what I mean? So I wonder if that is a thing as well. Maybe. Yeah, she had more to lose like in terms of her emotional like well-being, her emotional like the structure of her like psyche, I guess, or whatever. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Her emotional house had more levels to it. His was like a sleeping bag on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) I did love the like touch of because this would have been, I guess, like probably, you know, still in the like early days of like people sitting at home with their headphones on. I really like they already like signaled in on that's like like today, if they remade that movie now, he'd be like the fucking husband sitting in the corner watching uh, Ben Shapiro like (laughs) YouTube videos with the headphones on. But it's kind of like the same thing in the 70s. I thought that was cool, because I've never seen, like, were those wireless? Like, I never got a good, like, glance of those, but they can't be wireless in the 70s, right? No, definitely not. Yeah. But every time time I've ever seen a pair of headphones, like, from that era, it has had, like, Mm -hmm. a cord that was not even joking, like, 20 feet long. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes more sense. It's funny that you brought that up, Mike, because, you know, I think it was also because, you know, the day before I watched this, me and Colton had you know, reviewed and watched sick. And I kept thinking, I'm like, is this not, this is probably like every anti-vaxxers like favorite movie now. I was like, I'm surprised there's not like <laughs> yeah. 800 memes about how if we're vaccinated, we're pod people or something. Oh my God. Yes. Okay, hang on. I just need to throw out there. Do not think that what, what I was saying medical establishment etc that I'm like <laughs> some anti-vaxxer. I'm not. <laughs> but I'm just saying like from the like yes, he is. Larger, grander scale of, yeah, anyway. 
<laughs> That's right. It's exactly what he's saying. He's lying to all of you. <laughs> I like Mike being a, a supporter of Big Pharma, just loving it. <laughs> <laughs> this is brought, this uh, podcast is brought to you by Pfizer. There we go. I always think it's interesting, especially you know, I you know, I think about and not even like the COVID stuff, just you know, in in, in the general two thousands as we've gone on with the internet, like so much of the old media, like kind of being hijacked in this conspiracy theory and, you know, like the George, like the Orwell stuff and all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, I just think it was interesting because, you know, in 78, like these kind of conspiracy theorists, like that was kind of like, you know, the, they weren't like these crazy people where, well, they were crazy, but we were more sympathetic to them. Well, you were coming off the sixties, right? Well, yeah, exactly. So I, yeah, I just thought that was, that was really interesting. This is going to be really sad. What interested me the most when I watched this, when you talked about the headphones, was that uh, the guy was watching a basketball game and I had to make sure I like looked up and tried to figure oh, out God. what basketball game he was watching. Dear Lord. My sports bro <laughs> came out. What's sad is for my basketball heads, I figured it out. Nowhere is it listed. I just had to figure out, well, they would have shot this in like 76, 77. It came out in 78. It is the Golden State Warriors. Because I also didn't know where this movie took place. I don't know if they what? ever said. Oh, San yeah. Francisco. California. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, very yeah. Like, the pier. The pier is a part of it. What do you mean? Yeah, I don't like, know anything. Literally, San I was like, Francisco. the city is like a character, practically. I mean, that's where you're, that's where Pokemon Go is hopping because of all those piers. They're all like gyms and Pokestops. So. I don't know anything about I Pokemon Go. And the people, you know, fucking anonymously there. But anyway. <laughs> I think people that play Pokemon Go might be pod people. Oh, there's a, oh, wow. there's a theory. <laughs> but yeah, so I figured it out. It, that makes <laughs> sense because it was the Golden State Warriors. Because he, I it, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I did know because he mentions that it's the Warriors in the movie, and I figured that. <laughs> So, I it just kind of waste of research. Just yeah, oh, this man. is. You thought you were doing something, weren't you? I, I know, but I figured they must have been playing the Los Angeles Lakers, and they lost that uh, playoff. So it didn't that's why really he matter. was so pissed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so he just gave up and became a bod person. Might as well. I mean, if your team doesn't win, you might as well just like submit and like completely conform. Yeah. Leafs fans. <laughs> Just become a pod person. Mike's like go sports. I'm like I don't know what language you're speaking now, but I enjoy it. <laughs> the other thing I did want to bring up was the I kind of brought up in my favorite scene was just I was very surprised at the cinematography of the whole. It was like very well shot, like amazing, <laughs> amazing. God, I one of my biggest notes are the cinematography just feels completely uninspired. Oh like, no, I hated it. Jesus. I hated it. It was no. all like shaky cam. None of it was well framed, in my opinion. It was just a bunch of nonsense. Felt like people running around with cameras the entire time. I uh, I did not enjoy the cinematography. I kind of am sitting between both of you. Like I totally get where you're coming from with that, but there was a couple of like really cool shot moments. So I think those are just sticking in Rose's head as like. I just I felt yeah. they gave me the feeling of like paranoia and just kind of this descent mm-hmm. into madness. I felt the shaky cam work. So you know what? Shout out. Uh, I looked it up. Michael Chapman, who, man, this guy's like heavy duty, raging bull, taxi driver, the lost yeah, boys. Yeah, but both those are Scorsese. 
All right. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh... He he was the cinematographer on those. Yeah, I, I Don't know. Don't forget, but, like, you're talking to an tourist here. The, the yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I thought it looked good. Me and Colton can agree to disagree, like we do with everything. Yeah, I, I think me... it was well lit. Is I that was my, oh my I like the lighting. The, the next sentence out of my mouth was going to oh be my the God, whole girl. third act is underlit. Like it's just basically girl. black, grubby nothingness for the th- whole third act. Um, well, I mean, true. it's better lit than any Marvel movie that's come out in ten years. So also true. Well, that yeah, that can be true, and it doesn't mean that it's still well lit though. I mean, it's just no. It I be, I be I will just we will agree to disagree. That's fine. Okay, yeah. children, can we talk about the soundtrack because there was a really fire portion uh was it bagpipes or oh yeah was yeah. it oh, yeah. was it bagpipes yeah, yeah. wow Hallelujah that's all i gotta pipes, say right is it how yeah it was so good that was actually a really good scene um amazing grace amazing grace whatever it was yeah on the back yeah bagpipes so yeah. good i can't remember it but uh i was vibing during that part you're just jamming yeah that's that's an interesting aspect as well because they're just equating like a musical prowess with being human but then obviously it's like even the pod people have kind of like adopt adapted that and like can replicate or at least turn on a sick track you know um it's the uh-huh. same in the the 50s version actually like uh because in that version they escape into like the mines and they're kind of hiding out in the mines and they kind of creep out when it's daylight and kind of listen and they hear music as well that's and terrifying that's, yeah, and they take it as like a, okay, we can leave now. We can, you know, we hear the music. And it's the same thing in that one. It's like the man runs off and comes back. And it's like, oh, my God, she fell asleep type of thing, right? But it, it's just, it's so funny because for me, the cinematography stood out as just a very sore point. Because I get what Rowan's saying, like, uh, that it adds into the paranoia. But it's like, okay, well, what about the f- 30 or 40 minutes before? It's like supposed to be incredibly hectic that it's all poorly shot. Um, but the the 50s one is like all beautifully shot because most of it is like outside during the day and whatnot and you get like these huge like vistas and like hills and rolling hills with the the clouds and shit in the background it looks great because it's also uh in like a small town instead of a big city so they had to like you know work with what they were given and yeah it looks great so yeah i guess just agree to disagree but also i i got a note on the score <laughs> That uh, I thought like the throbbing baseline score was pretty good. Like I don't know, it was pretty minimalistic, but that that to me worked in like you know ratcheting up the tension or making it a little bit more anxious as well. Yeah, the throbbing. Yeah, that's probably what you liked about it. <laughs> what the fuck, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm... <laughs> no, I did. I and one of, one of the reasons why I loved that. Um, again, going back to the like spa scene the mud baths and you know they were arguing about the music which obviously was like you know to point out the the humanness of music but also the way that like you know oh plants also like the music so you know obviously they're gonna do bagpipe music because everything is plants now but um i really liked the music i that they were playing there and I, i i just feel like the whole and then they were talking about books i really liked the whole like artsy 70s like kind of like as we were saying like a little bit of a hippie vibe you know but they really didn't like dwell on it enough for me like I feel like there was lots of stuff that was dwelled on in this that was like so boring I'm not saying it was a boring movie obviously it was amazing but like I was like I feel like in you know talking about other art they could have you know highlighted some of their themes a little bit better as well but i really like that because i thought you know that scene was probably going to drag on for longer and they were going to like talk about all these writers that they were arguing about for two seconds and then it just went nowhere but that's fine 
But I really love the music. Love the music. Beautiful gowns. Yeah, I don't know why, but it really, that whole scene really reminded me of another kind of party scene from uh, Altered States at the beginning of Altered States. Oh my God, Altered where States. Where it's like kind of, you know, these like professionals and academics and kind of like they're having these like, you know, conversations about art and like, you know, intellects and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it definitely gave me the same kind of vibe on on that one. What do we think about Elizabeth breaking her ankle after stepping about six inches not onto the ground? What do we think about that? So she can get carried around for most of the third act. <laughs> I literally, my friend lost it when she, when that happened, he was like, he was talking about it for the whole rest of the movie. Even after yep. she was gone, he was like, oh, remember when she broke her fucking ankle? <laughs> uh, it, it was so goofy. And once again, I was like, why do we need this? Like, why did she have to be carried around? And then I searched it up and the original cover of the novel has like him carrying this like limp woman in his arms. And he's like this big, strong man. And then yeah. in the, the 50s one as well, she just faints. Like, she gets so scared that she, or overwhelmed that she faints, and then he has to carry around her bunch. So it's like, okay, once again, it's paying homage, but it's also like, you can leave things behind if it just makes no sense. Like, she literally yeah. breaks it from, like, a regular step, almost, and it's just it's kind of You can't goofy. leave her behind. She's an important character. No, I'm not saying leave her behind, but she doesn't have to you break her You just said leave her behind. <laughs> no, 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 no. But... You can leave certain aspects, like oh, these old oh, all right, storytelling right, right, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, behind. not, like, physically leave her behind. Oh, right. I'm saying you didn't I have mean... to carry her around for the last 20 minutes. You could have just let her actually injure her leg in a realistic way or just leave that storytelling Do you that story think aspect out. That was a choice because they were trying to be like, you know, we're not going to make her such a damsel in distress that she's going to faint like a total plus bag. Um, so she's going to hurt her ankle and be more dramatic and annoying about it. Oh. Do you think and that I mean, was like, what did, happened? Like no. fucking <laughs> boot it down a street and jump into a friggin' transport truck. But that is what hurt her ankle. Like, you know, it's just <laughs> so funny. Dude, sometimes it'd be like that when you roll an ankle. It's not like, uh, you know, what you expect. Anyway. You're not like also, uh, running a marathon or something, right? We also never mentioned uh, the point near the end of the movie where... Uh, What's his name? Matthew? He, like, holds on to Elizabeth, and she kind of just, like, fades away. Like, her husk yeah. was, like, collapses in on that itself. That was terrifying. I thought that was pretty cool. And then she was just yeah. standing completely naked in, like, the bushes behind him. I was like, oh. I was like, all right, like, 70s movie. And then I didn't yeah. remember that she actually just runs around naked for the rest of the movie. I was just like, man, in the 70s, they, they were going for it. And then also, like, you know, the actress, like good on her i guess like yeah yeah wild yeah well and i was gonna say too the the scene where donald sutherland like freaks out and he just starts fucking like just bashing the like the cop carbon copies like yeah. and they like act, like he's going in on like that one like his face or whatever and it's yeah. like concaving and stuff like it was actually way mm -hmm. more brutal than i thought this movie yeah. was gonna show which like I was I was pretty impressed about. Rome was a happy boy. Yeah, that's that's like And of course Veronica Cartwright spilling with her theories. She's right and nobody listens to her. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. Every movie. Mm -hmm. Every movie they should just listen to Veronica Cartwright, but they never do. Well, they they do listen to her, but then uh, you know, a pug with a human face runs out and scares them, you know? I mean, <laughs> I I would scream too if I saw that while I was walking down the road. So. But I love that she's just like Fuck this shit. And she got her fucking stone face on and she's ready to go. Mm -hmm. 
I was going to say before we get into the rating, I was talk about the iconic ending scene. I feel like that's the scene that probably most people are familiar with. Because even if you haven't seen the movie, like any lists I've ever seen, like on a Watch Mojo list or anything like that, is the scene of Donald yeah. Sutherland, which. You know, I think could possibly ruin it for everybody because once you know these things make that yeah. sound in the movie, you're like, yeah, like by the end of this movie, Don Sutherland is going to turn into one of these things. Um, mm-hmm. Although I wasn't really sure how, like I thought he destroyed his copy. I, so yeah. I was like, oh, I think he's clear. I'm not sure how this is going to happen. But yeah, just I, I guess your guys' thoughts on, you know, that iconic ending scene and. I don't know. Did it surprise you? So it obviously didn't surprise me because like you said, it's yeah. it's so iconic. And I'm going back to the first time I watched it, right? Um, yeah. But I do think the movie plays a little fast and loose with what the pod people like do. Yeah. Um, like they're very much like faking you out in that final scene. Like, well, before the final scene, sorry, when he's still like doing his role at the, the health department, he's like cutting out the newspapers like he would as a human and all that. There's even like, He's not completely like blank faced like the entire time. So I'm like, yeah, like okay, he's, like, he almost looks confused a few times. Yeah, exactly. Like, and he's like oh, looking at I his colleagues who are yeah. walking, yeah, walking down the, the hallway and whatnot. So I, I was just kind of like, it's another aspect of the movie that I'm like, I wish it was just internally consistent. Um, but it is for a good reason, right? Like it is a surprise. And when I watched it the first time, obviously I knew that scene was coming, but for whatever reason, I was still surprised that it was specifically this second, I guess. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I think, it, it, I think it's a really strong scene. I don't know if it makes sense if you back up 30 seconds. Um, it was something where I was like, okay, like when did specifically did he get captured? Like I, I rewound like, you know, the two minutes. I was like, oh, okay, no, the flashlight does fall on him when he's hiding under the dock or whatever yeah it, it works for me it, there's a reason it's iconic what about you mike well go back to the first time i saw it and i feel like because i was that young i like knew about the movie but i don't think i'd ever seen that like like actually seen the shot. footage of yeah. the shot yeah. yeah and i was not okay for about a week after <laughs> like literally <laughs> Yeah. There are only a few things when I like that I watched when I was like in my like teen starting to watch horror movie years that like truly made me not okay. One of them was Texas Chains of Massacre, and this is one of them. And I never forgot it. And like I would just close my eyes and see it sometimes and just like my skin would crawl. Um and I thought and I hadn't watched it for a very long time. And I thought there's no way that I'm going to like still feel that this is effective after seeing it a couple times and all these years. But like, I feel like it still is. I knew it was coming. I was literally waiting. I was there like just gripping my chair like I know this is about to happen. And I still felt like that drop in my stomach. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, but that's kind of how I felt, too. Like, I also kind of predicted it coming, um, but still was kind of shocked at you know, how it was executed and whatnot. Yeah, I think the actors are really charming and stuff. And it's so you 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 fall for that, like, you know, that like kind of fake movie charm and feel bad. The noise as and just, well that they make. Yeah, really it's, well. it like is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Hate it so much. That's what they wanted you to wanted you to hate. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I felt the same way, like. I the sound is definitely very piercing. I was like this is super effective, and it's just jarring any time in the movie when they make the sound. Uh, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Well, because it it doesn't happen for the whole movie. They only start doing it like partway through, and then it kind of ramps up and it keeps happening more often. It's like, oh, okay, this is this is starting to be a thing. This is going to be important. Mm-hmm. So, are you guys ready to uh, land the plane on this one and rate it? Mm-hmm. Sure. Let's yeah, get. I think so. So, if you are new to the show, our rating system is nay, okay, yay, or slay. Colton, this was your pick. What would you rate Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Oh, God, you're starting off with me, and I feel like I've been the most negative on it. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a tough one for me, because like over the course of the discussion, like I think we pointed out a lot of things I really enjoyed about the movie or specific scenes and whatnot, but as I skimmed through my notes... I don't know. It's a little bit of a mixed bag. I feel like this is a movie that features a lot of good sci-fi horror scenes with a lot of dull scenes in between. Um, And I know like Mike specifically liked a little bit more of like the dialogue or kind of the characters socializing with each other. But for me, a lot of it was like set dressing and I kind of take it or leave it. And specifically the runtime with it being like an hour and 55 minutes where the other adaptations are like an hour 20 to an hour 30. I, I, I was really feeling the length on this one. Um, what I'll say is that I really like what it's doing conceptually. I think a lot of the creature effects and gore like surprised me and were like a lot better executed than I expected. And um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I like a lot of it, but it's kind of like the pacing and the cinematography and the fact of what Rowan was saying and we kind of got into it. A lot of the narrative things don't necessarily pay off or some of them are a little bit confusing. Like uh, I didn't really understand why Jeff Goldblum's nose was bleeding at the bathhouse scene then I was like okay it's because he's being replicated to a degree or what is this and then like the effect was really bad that I didn't know what it was (laughs) so I had to do some reading up on the movie to fully understand everything and I feel like you understand even more if you watch the previous adaptation and you probably understand even more if you read the novel so I don't know if it really holds 100% on its own god so so where does that leave me um I, I think I have to be like true to myself and I'll give it a strong okay. It's not something that I would like, w- like if someone was like, you want to watch Invasion of the Body Snatchers? I'll be like, sure, I'd watch like the 93 one right now because I haven't seen it. But like, I'm not yeah. going to watch the 76 one like anytime soon again. You know, I'll give it another couple of years before I check it out again. I'll give it a very strong okay. It's right there on the cusp of being really good for me. It's just, you know, there's enough detractors that kind of pull it down a little bit. What about you, Jill? You were a first time watcher. Okay. Uh, I am going to also give it an okay. Um, Some things were done really well, but like you said, it was very lengthy and you can definitely feel that length. That sounds terrible. Throbbing length? (laughs) Yep. Um, So because of that, I will give it an okay. Um, But it it had a really nice like... um, unsettling mood i don't know i liked it but uh too long um how about you rowan uh yeah so i'm i'm gonna give it a like soft yay i actually really enjoyed this uh watching it i enjoyed it so much i know i uh i brought up when we had when we found out it was a pick i was like man i know uh kino lorber just put out the 4k of it and I was like, should I just buy the 4K? And I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to watch it first. And I- I've got it in my cart now. I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm going to pick up the 4K. I really enjoyed it now. You know, full disclosure, I don't know if it's because uh, I took a little break in between to go grab some McDonald's and then come back. So what did you get? I had chicken nuggets. Oh, good. Okay. They were delicious. And... Yeah, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, there was, like, some narrative issues with it. But overall, 
uh, I felt like I would revisit it and I would definitely recommend it. So yeah, I'll give it like a light, uh, light yay. Uh, what about you, Mike? Oh, it's a hard yay for me. It's like bordering on slay. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Because, no, 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 but just let me, I, I, I understand all of the kind of like critique of it. And I don't disagree with a lot of it. Um, but I was kind of like, I have always looked at it with like nostalgic rosy glasses. And I was really not thinking that this rewatch was going to hold up even remotely well but it did maybe it was because i was watching it with somebody else who hadn't seen it for the first time so maybe if i was just watching it by myself it wouldn't have been um but like honestly i just feel like the things that i enjoy about it outweigh the little like threads loose threads that you're pulling it to try to unravel it so i and and like said like some of the stuff that people don't like about it like the i loved the 70s like book launch party i thought that was so much fun and like i get it and it's it is over long but like also that's just literally 90 percent of late 70s like horror and thrillers or anything really you know and that's that's kind of like a problem with a lot of movies from that era so i'm not gonna like hold it too much against this one because i just really enjoyed it um and it held up to me on another viewing and there's a couple of like really creepy ass moments and frankly i'm a sucker for like something that is like causing me existential dread and that this does and I like that it interrogates, you know, that existentialism, you know, even if obviously it falls apart in the third act. But for sure, whatever. I just I, I thought it was great. What I shave 20 minutes off of it. Yes. And then it would be a slice. So mm-hmm. that's that's my two cents right there. Hard yay, for sure. That's fair. So we told you what we thought about it and we asked what you thought about the movie. Uh, we had one person write in on instagram uh their ig is lana del beer love it (laughs) and they said i can't hear amazing grace without thinking of this ending yeah so good (laughs) so yeah i i think i think we definitely yeah we we talked about that amazing grace which is used like three or four times in this movie yeah uh because it's playing at like the beginning that that the guy that gets mixed with his dog plays it like two or three times in the movie. Oh, that's okay. he's always just jamming to it on the park bench. So yeah, uh, gonna have to put it on the playlist. Amazing Grace, <laughs> bagpipe version, bagpipe, bagpipe remix. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I think we're gonna uh, take a trip over to the horrific hotline and uh, see if anyone else had anything to say about. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, and I think this week we got two messages on the hotline, so we'll kick it off with uh, Christopher from Columbus, which uh, I got a feeling that's not your real name, but that's all right. We'll leave it at that. If it is, congratulations to your parents for naming you that. (laughs) No, congratulations to you. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody there at It's Slay's podcast. Uh, This is Christopher from Columbus calling. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Anyway, I just uh, wanted to say to you guys, I was excited to uh, to hear Invasion of the Body Snatchers was the next movie you guys were going to review. Um, I'm sure you guys have touched all the bases. I just have a couple of, of, of notes. Um, I saw this as a kid, um, probably, I don't know, five or six at my grandparents' house. I mean, when HBO was like brand new, when it was the box 
and it was like attached corded to the TV with like 40 switches on it. Anyway, I saw this and it left an impression at uh, at an early age and mainly it was that freaking dog man (laughs) (sighs) that dog was nightmare fuel for me for years and this watch i kind of i watched it and it wasn't as nearly as scary as my mind my memory my whatever neurons were firing had created it because in my mind the special effects were flawless. Like that was one of the most terrifying things Mm -hmm. I had seen. I even remember, if I remember correctly, like I buried my face in my grandparents, like red and brown plaid, most uncomfortable, scratchy couch material. I think I even yelped. I don't even think I got a scream or I think I just yelped. Um, But yeah, that was uh, one of the most terrifying. I, I dreamed about that, had nightmares about that for years. The other thing I remembered was the glove, Leonard Nimoy's glove. It was distracting. Um, even as a kid, I was like, what, what is he doing with that? Like, I don't know if he was, was he going bow hunting after his book signing? Was he going <laughs> to bag some white tails? Like, I, I don't I don't know what he was going to do. But anyway, interesting costume uh, choice right there. Mm-hmm. Um, this watch, I think a couple of things... <laughs> that I remembered was um, I loved it when Donald Sutherland and Brooke Adams are going through the medicine cabinet and she finds the, the, the speed mm-hmm. and she's like, it says take one. And Donald Sutherland says, take five. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I've been to that party. Yep. <laughs> yep. They'll be up. They'll be up for a while. That should do it. They'll be up for the, probably until the Clinton administration comes around. Um, <laughs> the other thing was um, I think shortly after that scene was the David they say David when they're being confronted by Leonard Nimoy so many times that I couldn't help but have Alexis Rose in the back of my head just going, ooh, David, 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 for that entire scene. So yeah. I thought that, David. Was, that was pretty funny. But um, I'm taking up too much of your time. Um, just wanted to call and say, you know, thanks is a good reminder of uh, what I was going through as a kid. <laughs> Any excuse to watch uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So uh, keep on slaying and demonite forever. Yes. Yes. That's so sweet. Oh, that was an awesome uh, voicemail. Yeah. I love any call that ends with Demonite Forever because I live by those words also. You do. <laughs> I like that his idea of like childhood trauma was the the dog, like the the dog <laughs> with the human face. Because as a kid, for me, it was uh, just the raptors in the kitchen scene from Jurassic Park, as we mentioned. <gasps> oh my god. Episode. Yes. And when and when I went back and watched that scene, I was like, holy shit, this still holds up it's terrifying but i love that for him like the scene wasn't the way it <laughs> yeah. was but for us i was like man that was still a really good scene and then also i feel like everyone's grandparents had like that sort of like plowed plaid scratchy couch as well yeah. oh so, yeah. Uh, yeah just a real yeah. piece of shit the chesterfield <laughs> if you will yes oh, yes 100 percent. Yeah. yeah so thanks for calling in chris and let's From kick it Columbus. over to from Columbus, yeah. And let's kick it over to our, our tried and true fan, uh, Nicholas. Right, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um, to make it shorter this time, it's a brilliant <laughs> movie. It surpasses the first adaptation by Don Siegel from the 50s, at least a bit. Mostly due to the brilliant actors, um, Donald Sutherland, Jeff Goldblum, Veronica Cartwright. Uh, was it Leonard Nimoy? Yeah. Um, great. And it's... Uh, perfect uh, practical effects when it comes to the the doubles and actually there's one very well-made gory scene where donald sutherland caves in hit 
doubles face yeah mm -hmm. um overall the movie really catches this kind of paranoia aspect the music works wonders i wouldn't listen to it alone but in combination with some of the the pictures we're seeing as a viewer it's really brilliant and the movie is fast paced while it feels kind of slow paced i can't really put it into words but it's just a overall well-made movie and while i wouldn't say it's 100 percent perfect i'd be missing out if i wouldn't give it at least a weak slay if there is oh. such a thing in your rating system because i could watch it again and again um Damn. and that's basically the perfect movie for a slay i'd say so it's entertaining and a bit challenging you can go into an interpretative um area with this movie which i won't have the time here but you probably did so thank you for choosing this movie and um yeah hear from you next time i don't know if we went really in depth with all the interpretations i feel like jill tried to and we just uh turned it into would we become a pod person or not what but, can uh, i do here man what can i do yeah you're you're trying but you, you got to deal with three knuckleheads so yeah but yeah no uh, I'm glad that uh, Nicholas enjoyed the movie so much, and thanks for editing down yeah. the your voicemail as well, you know, and keeping it below yeah. uh, two minutes. That's that's helpful as well. We we like to give uh, give Jill some time to talk sometimes, also. So sometimes it helps us, uh, <laughs> you know, when she's trying to keep us in line, gives her more time. But yeah, I uh, Nicholas kind of saying what I was saying is I, I felt the length was all right, like I didn't notice it very mm -hmm. much. So I feel the same, Nicholas. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like the overall horror community is going to like you the best because I feel like most people, this is kind of like iconic oh, yeah. in that slay category. And I just did want to say, Nicholas, never worry about is that part of our rating system because do we ever no, properly follow the rating system? I mean, usually not. So Yeah, I think we play fast and loose with it a little bit with the weak and the, the, the strong <laughs> yeah. and the solid, you know, yeah, but... Uh... No, that's that's great. Soft and hard, <laughs> and no. throbbing, throbbing, and, and throbbing. Yeah, throbbing. We'll, we'll, we'll give it a throbbing slay at some point. Um, <laughs> and if you'd like to leave a, a voicemail or if you'd like to call into the show, you can do so at one nine zero two four one eight eight six two zero. So yeah, you can send in, uh, you can give a call, you can leave a voicemail through our Instagram. You know, you can do it uh, at the email at itslayspodcast at gmail dot com. And, uh, yeah, all we ask is if you can to keep it concise, keep it, you know, maybe 90 seconds or less. And, yeah, we'll react to it and play it on the show. And if you are made it this far in the podcast and you're not already following us on social media, you can also do so at It Slays Podcast. We're basically everywhere. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Slasher, Letterboxd. If it's a social media, we are probably there at It Slays Podcast. And Rowan, go ahead and plug the playlist. Yeah, so if you're into uh, spooky music, you can go to the It Slays podcast horrific playlist on Spotify. If you have any problems finding it, you can also go to any of the social media. There's a link tree link and just click right on there. I'll take you to it. We put music from movies that we've reviewed or movies that we've loved or iconic horror movies, uh, whether it be score or just, you know, actual mainstream music. Maybe it's Amazing Grace. Maybe 
Maybe we need a bagpipe rendition of Amazing Grace. But yeah, go check it out. Get your spooky music on because you should be listening to spooky music all year long. And uh, I think uh, other than that, all we have left is to announce our next episode. Uh, So it's fallen back on me. It's my pick. And, you know, we're hitting February. So we're hitting Black History Month. Uh, So I wanted to pick something in that theme. So we are going to do, I don't think it was a, uh, it might have been a failed attempt, but it's an attempt and I want to revisit it. Eddie Murphy's film, Vampire in Brooklyn, uh, directed by horror icon Wes Craven. Oh, wow. I never knew that detail. Yeah. So yeah, get kind of get our horror comedy on and uh, see what we think of this one. So yeah, get that. in your eye holes and uh, watch it. And yeah, thanks for all the support as always in the calls. Hopefully we, we keep getting horrific hotline calls and uh, you know, you guys might end up just making new ratings cause we uh, <laughs> are so loose with them, but yeah, thank you for all the support and we will be back in two weeks. I am your humble host, Rowan. Bye. It's Mike. I'm Bye. Colton. It's me. I was trying to let, let you do your last but not least thing. No, that's fine. That's all right. You already you already ruined that forever. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> wow. Wow. See you later. We're going to expand our weekly video segment to take you into the back shelves of your local video store. Back where it says horror videos and where kids are devouring some awful films that we call the video nasties. Are you freebasing inquiring minds want to know? I have to break free from this culture of mechanical reproductions and the thick incrustations dying on the surface. But the prime time gets. Mom lived in a fletch. The pain, I can assure you, will be exquisite. As for our deaths, come with me and be immortal. We have such sights to show you. Gotta return some video games. Thank you.